0: In 2020, the US state of Oregon passed the country's most liberal drug laws, removing criminal penalties for possession of small quantities of some illicit drugs. And it's not just Oregon. Portugal has taken a vastly less punitive approach to drug possession, and so has the ACT in Australia. But Oregon is now reconsidering its decriminalisation laws after deaths from overdoses surged. So, are more permissive laws actually making things worse? Brandon Del Pozza is a researcher on drug policy and public health at Brown University in the United States. Prior to his research career, he was a police officer for 20 years in New York, and also chief of police at Burlington in the state of Vermont, uh, Vermont. Uh, Brandon, welcome to RN
1: breakfast. Hey, thank you for having me. Just to
0: to set things straight at the beginning, what's meant by decriminalization in the Oregon context? Because there can be different interpretations.
1: Right. So decriminalization in Oregon meant that if you were possessing, if you were a person in possession of uh, drugs meant for personal consumption, instead of being arrested and charged with a crime, you were given a ticket. The ticket at most carried a fine. And if you called a toll-free, a charge-free number on the back of the ticket to get an assessment, then the fine was waived.
0: And what sort of drugs are we talking about that would be captured under that process? Like Things like heroin, ice, fentanyl, other things, what was covered by that?
1: Yeah, really all drugs that were used for all what we, what we would consider in common parlance, like illicit recreational drugs, fentanyl, methamphetamines, cocaine, crack cocaine, all of it, really.
0: And why did Oregon move towards that approach four years ago?
1: I mean, one of the things that we've seen is that a punitive approach to drugs uh, doesn't really solve a lot of the problems that, that, that come with drug use. I mean, especially when it comes to the health outcomes, when it comes to overdose, when it comes to overdose death. Um, and so Oregon's thought was if we can move away from the punitive approach, which actually not only fails to address that, but increases the harms in many ways, then we could take a more, you know, sort of like in, 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 in shorthand, like the Portuguese approach, which really focuses on linkages to treatment, linkages to, uh, to healthcare instead.
0: So that was the intention. What's the reality look like?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it. Well, you know, one of the things you led with is that uh, Oregon lawmakers are considering recriminalizing. So it, it didn't work out as well as as folks were hoping. Um, you know, overdose did go up. I've done a bit of research with colleagues that says that was not because of decriminalization. But nonetheless, there are two other things that were important. One, um, when Portugal decriminalized, it did so in lockstep with uh, increasing access to treatment with a nationalized healthcare system where that treatment was free. Oregon decriminalized, but at the same time had one of the lowest levels of access to treatment in the United States. So decriminalizing wasn't linked with, with really getting people into treatment. And then there were, you know, if you talk to the police there in the public, there were a lot of public order issues that police had used arrests to regulate, that they could no longer use arrests. To regulate, And there were a lot of complaints about um, increased public disorder, a lot of public drug use and the related problems.
0: I've seen some of the vision, particularly from Portland in Oregon. Can you paint a bit of a picture as to what the scene has looked like for uh, police in those areas where um, the, the drugs have been uh, heavily used, particularly fentanyl, where people seem to be almost bent over uh, in half?
1: Right. Fentanyl is a depressant. So if, you, if you're if you taking any depressant, fentanyl, heroin, OxyContin, um, you're going to be in you know, a depressed state, like comatose, passed out. Um, if you're overdosing, you're just laying there barely breathing. Um, what the police used to do is use the power of arrest to physically get those people off the street. Um, that was replaced with giving them a piece of paper with a phone number on the back um, that did not suffice to get them off the street. And so instead of... of sweeping the streets clean through arrests, um, which which has its own set of harms, but does clear the street. Um, people were left on the street and it became like a, a public order spectacle.
0: Brandon, what kind of changes are the uh, politicians in uh, Vermont, uh, the politicians in Oregon looking at introducing to try and readjust this approach?
1: Yeah, I, th- I mean, you, they're looking to restore the power of arrest to the police. They, they you know, very few people call the the number on the back of the ticket. That so it's it's at most a civil fine. The person stays where they are. They just get the piece of paper. If they called the ticket, then the fine was waived. Very few people bothered to call the the number on the ticket. And of those, very few people got into treatment. So the logic was, well, listen, if if that's not even doing anything, and we can't even clear the streets, then let's re- let's let's restore the power of arrest to physically get people off the street. The missing link in all of this is Oregon still needs to vastly expand it's access to treatment for opioid use disorder if it's going to reduce overdose.
0: Which has been devastating in in Oregon and and many parts of the US, Brandon.
1: No, that's right. I mean, one of the things that uh, my colleagues and I found in our research is that fentanyl, which is the most powerful, commonly available form of illicit opioid, wended its way from New England down through our Midwest um, over to the West Coast, and it hit Oregon. like Fentanyl tipped Oregon's drug market the same quarter, the same part of the year that it decriminalized. So I'll be honest, I think that that alone is what caused, I mean, our research shows that that alone, that the fentanyl hitting Oregon at that point in time is what caused the increase in overdose, not the decriminalization, but it's still a tremendous problem in any case. And uh, inadequate access to treatment is not going to solve it.
0: Brandon, you've got such an interesting perspective, not only being a researcher at a university, but also your significant experience as a police officer. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding about the drugs issue in the United States right now?
1: I mean, I think it's twofold. And right, I was uh, in the NYPD, the New York City Police Department, for almost 20 years, and I was the chief of police that ran a city's narcotic strategy. Um, on the on one side, people fail to understand how unresponsive the average person is to to arrest as like oh i got arrested so now i want to get clean it, addiction is so disruptive your mind doesn't work that way you're not thinking about it you really really need access to very effective medications and that doesn't come through arrest that comes through linkages to treatment that's one big misconception people think you can be scared straight through arrest that's that's just not true on the other hand i think i think people don't give enough credence to the to the to the fact that that unchecked public drug use is incredibly disruptive not just to pearl clutching people that don't want to see People suffering over like to any normal person. You don't want to be surrounded by a lot of public drug use, and and losing sight of that makes people quickly lose their patience with decriminalization efforts.
0: What lessons do you think can be learned from what's happened in Oregon?
1: I mean, you know, I've had the good fortune to really take a close look at Portugal, which has had decriminalization for over twenty years now. And granted, they don't have the fentanyl problem that the U.S. has, but um, they took a nationalized, top-down uniform approach. They said, we will not charge you criminally if you possess drugs. Crime, you know, criminal charges are not the answer, but we will put you in front of a panel that will do everything it can to get you free access to treatment. And if you want the treatment, it's there. That seemed to have worked really, really well. And and Oregon kind of did it out of order. They decriminalized and then said, well, a few years later, we'll play catch up with, with treatment. The catch up really never happened. Things just got worse. I think like really making it a, like, a, like a multi-pronged, coordinated, well-funded effort is, is the best hope uh, if you're going to decriminalise.
0: Brandon, it's been so interesting to have a chat with you. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: That's uh, Brandon Del Pozzo. He's a public health researcher at Brown University in the United States. Uh, and as you heard, almost 20 years with the NYPD and also looking at the drugs issue as a police chief uh, in Burlington in the state of Vermont.